I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Instant Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a beautiful Tuesday night here in the state of Iowa. What a game, what a night, what a win for this Hawkeye team. We're going to get into all of it here in the next several minutes as Iowa blows out Michigan State. For a second time in a row, dating back to last year, a 30-point win at the Breslin Center for the Hawkeyes, now a 26-point win inside Carver Hawkeye Arena. And man, does it feel good to blow out Michigan State under any circumstances. And this is not a bad Michigan State team. They're slumping a little bit right now. They've run into some issues. Uh, but this is a, a tournament-bound team, a 19-win team uh, that that's likely headed to the NCAA tournament. And uh, that's the second nice win in a row for this Hawkeye team after going on the road and beating Ohio State. I don't know if that's going to last as a quad one win. There was a lot of chatter uh, on, on Twitter and places that Iowa beating Michigan State this badly may knock them out of the quad one territory. It doesn't matter. That was fun. Does, you know, you don't need quad one wins if you just keep winning. Uh, the the resume is is building itself. Uh, there's not not going to be much nitpicking here, and uh, there's a lot left to uh, to be gained in this season. There are things on the table now that I didn't think would be on the table at all, and certainly didn't feel that way uh, just under a week ago, Thursday night, uh, when Iowa lost to Michigan at home in that kind of heartbreaking loss. Um, if you heard my post game podcast at that point, I was pretty down, uh, as I think a lot of people were. You know, you had just beaten the three worst teams in the Big Ten, but you needed to kind of prove something, and they weren't able to do that. Well, they've done that. A 13 point win at Ohio State, a 26 point win at home against Michigan State. Let's get into uh, to some of the numbers. I will. Uh, I do want to talk about the the Garza and Marble uh, retirements of their jerseys and and others. Uh, Chuck Darling and Murray Weir. I do have some audio here, a post game from Fran McCaffrey, as well as uh, some some pregame audio from Luca Garza and Devin Marble, who was in in, in town. Really good to see Dev. Uh, good to see him embraced by the program. Him embrace the program after uh, you know things got a little messy a year or so ago uh, between Iowa and Dev, and and so really cool to see that. But we'll get into all that here coming up. Uh, do want to just go through this game a little bit and then, and just enjoy this man what a uh, what a night for this program and and for this team the hawkeyes now uh, 19 and 8 on the season 9 and 7 in the big 10 uh, what does that mean moving forward again we'll get to all that I was a little worried about this game on a lot of levels. I was worried the pregame ceremony, uh, all of the attention, Luca Garza being back in town. I was a little worried that could cause some issues for Iowa, you know, cause some uh, focus problems, but that clearly wasn't the case. Iowa jumped out to a big lead. It was an up-tempo game from the start. 
uh, fast start from from both sides, but I was the only one able to kind of keep that pace. The crowd was into it, man. The crowd was great. I don't know if it ended up being a sold-out crowd, but uh, you know, after an ice storm here in Des Moines and across the state this morning, schools canceled, a 6 o'clock game, all of those things, you were a little worried about uh, what, what the atmosphere would be like, or I guess if it would live up to kind of the expectation uh, that I personally had for the atmosphere, and, and it certainly did, man. Uh, what, what a night. Uh, for for the crowd, Connor hit a couple of threes early, and then went out with a uh, looked like a shoulder injury. His right shoulder. We'll get an update on that. I'm sure. Really liked Peyton Sanford's energy tonight. Um, his confidence is starting to build. Man, he is not afraid to take a shot. He's a he's going to be a really good player. The bench players provided a huge spark, especially in the uh, the, the first half. Um, came out and and really put the game away in a lot of ways, uh, you know, ultimately in that half. Uh, Philip Bracha just on the defensive glass, that was really good. And then to see Iowa get out to that big lead, have, what, a 14- or 16-point lead, whatever it was at halftime, and you knew that Michigan State was going to have some fight in them. Now, they ultimately didn't have a whole lot, and credit to Fran McCaffrey for calling the timeout as quickly as he did in the second half when Michigan State scored four quick points and, and got that back down to 10. Um, after that point, it was all Iowa, and it was a, a boat race, um, and th- that was really fun. Perkins played well. You know, he missed a couple of layups, but he has such a good presence uh, on this team defensively. The energy he brings, uh, just just incredible. Uh, love seeing those Bohannon back to back threes. The one that was just a deep three, and you know he had he had a couple of heat check moments, but uh, you know fun for him, especially in front of Luca Garza to to have a night like that. 14 straight points at one point in the second half from the Murray brothers, including back-to-back threes from Chris Murray, who is just fantastic uh, and is growing each day, each game, uh, really kind of coming into his own. And then when his brother goes to the NBA, as he almost certainly will this offseason, this team is going to become Chris Murray's team very quickly. Chad Lysico of the Des Moines Register tweeted or texted something uh, to to his text group, which I'm a part of, uh, during the game that that part of his uh, post-game coverage is going to be the role players finding their roles and I think that's such a good point and it was talked about in the post game too Izzo complimented guys like Joe Toussaint, Tony Perkins, Aaron Uless, some of these guards who are coming off the bench and playing you know 10 to 15 minutes and how Fran has kept them happy how they all come in and, and perform and they all stay engaged none of them hang their head I think that's such a good point and Chad has such a good point Keegan Murray has found his role as the go-to player, as the dominant star on this team. And everybody else has found their roles around him. And it really feels like this team is starting to peak right now. It really feels like they are playing their best basketball right now. And that's uh, that's just been so, so good to see. It's going to be interesting to see how this continues, obviously through these next couple of games, through the entire regular season, and then as we get into March. But it does feel like this team is peaking and playing well right now, and that's that's great. Uh, I put out a thing on Twitter, on the Hawkeye Nation Twitter, about you know what's what's the opposite of the Fran fade? We need to coin this. So I'm going to pull up some of your responses to that here uh, before we get out of here tonight as well. Tom Mizzle was very complimentary of the Hawkeyes in his post-game press conference. He talked about how it felt like an ambush. Um, he talked about the crowd and the energy inside that arena uh, and also said he thinks that that maybe Iowa has the player of the year and the coach of the year in the conference this season and if Iowa can make some noise here in the final four games I mean you expect them to win the next two but if Iowa can do something like you know play themselves to a double buy in the Big Ten tournament considering what they lost 
what they had to do to, to come back and to, to have this kind of a season. I think Fran is the coach of the year. And, you know, you have Tom Mizzo and Dick Vitale both tonight making cases for Keegan Murray to be the player of the year. Uh, I think I saw John Rothstein tweet that if Iowa was a blue blood, Keegan Murray would not just be the player of the year in the Big Ten, but, you know, a shoe-in, all-American, you know, wooden award finalist type type player. I think he will be those things. Uh, it's just been so fun to watch him. He's had five really good games in a row, um, scoring a lot, leading Iowa. This is fun. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, let's do some of the stats here. We'll go through the box score. Keegan Murray led all scorers with 28 points on 10 of 15 shooting. He had five rebounds, a couple of assists, a couple of steals, and a block. A great night for Keegan Murray. Jordan Bohannon, 11 points, 3 of 7 from three-point land. Uh, 2 of 2 on the free throws he got from uh, Tom Mizzo's uh, technical foul. Couple of rebounds, couple of assists, and a steal for Jordan Bohannon. Eleven points also for Chris Murray off the bench. He's the uh, tied with Jabo for the third, our second leading score. Rather, he was three of five from three point land. Really played well. Three rebounds. Got into some foul trouble early, and so missed much of the first half. But ultimately, only had those two fouls. Was four of eight from the field, and uh, again, along with his brother, at one point, really took the game over in the second half. Uh, the other starters, Patrick McCaffrey, had kind of a rough night. Five points. Two of nine shooting, uh, one of two from three point. Now he did did have six rebounds and a block, um, but you know on on a two twenty two twenty two Tuesday, you thought maybe twenty two would uh, would have a better game. And uh, his dad got into him a couple of times. You could see it on the TV. You could hear it uh, from guys who were there on Twitter. Fran wasn't super happy with some of uh, what what Patrick was doing. Philip Robracha just four points, all from the free throw line. So shout out to him for making all four of those. Oh, two from the field, but uh, where he was really felt, where his presence was felt, was down low in the, those defensive rebounds. Uh, and I mean, three offensive rebounds, seven rebounds total, two blocks. Uh, a good game from Philip Robracha. And then you know the the box score is kind of wild because everybody played. Agundale, Mulvey, Laketa, Austin Ash had four points. Um, so, so that was fun. Connor McCaffrey again, two for two from three point. He's he's a hundred percent the last two games from three point land. Six points for him. Five points for Peyton Sanford, who you know just went one of four from three, but isn't afraid to shoot. And you like that? He did have five rebounds, a really nice putback bucket, and one assist. Joe Toussaint had four points, four assists, a couple of rebounds, uh, a really nice drive to the hoop, and uh, and Aaron Euless had three uh, on one of two shooting from uh, behind the arc. So a really good game. Over Overall, uh, for the Hawkeyes, obviously, as always, led by Keegan Murray. Some of the um, team stats, Iowa shot just 43% from the field, ultimately 28-65, but held Michigan State to just 35% shooting, and 8-27 of 27 from 3 was Michigan State, less than 30%. Meanwhile, Iowa 12-28 of 28 from 3. These stats get a little wonky when you're blowing a team out because you empty the bench. Austin Ash starts hucking threes. Uh, so, you know, take some of this with a grain of salt for sure, but... The Hawkeyes from the free throw stripe, 18 of 20, 90%. 
that's where you need to be. 44 rebounds to 43 from Michigan State. A second game in a row where Iowa out-rebounds a good Big Ten team. That's huge. That's a really good trend. 15 assists on 28 made baskets. Not bad. Six steals, four blocks, just eight turnovers for the Hawkeyes. Just 12 for Michigan State. It wasn't a real sloppy game overall. It felt like Michigan State got sloppy there for a little bit, but ultimately uh, didn't hurt them all that bad because uh, they were being blown out uh, in this game. And how fun is it to just hear that, yeah, Michigan State was was blown out in this game. Uh, just a great night for this program. I want to get to some of that uh, here be- before we move ahead to, to kind of look forward. First, let's just start with uh, – with Fran McCaffrey talking about this game and talking about the fan energy inside the crowd. I thought this was cool. He acknowledged some of the things uh, that I mentioned earlier, some of the issues uh, maybe to, to get guys, get people out uh, to the crowd, but that didn't stop people. And the, the energy inside Carver Hawkeye Arena was exactly what you hoped it would be. Well, I'm just really pleased that our fans showed up for that. Uh, you know, Our students came out, our fans came out. You know, you wake up in the morning and there's ice everywhere. You know, you're concerned. Are people going to be able to get here? People that want to come, can they get here? And they they were here. We had the 19-3 to run. They're right in the middle of that. It was really loud. But, uh, you know, to recognize, you know, four of the greatest that ever do it here, at, you know, with that jersey. And it's great to have Deb back, one of my favorites. And, uh, you know, when you have a celebration like that you kind of want everything to go well and it did so that's some post-game audio from Fran McCaffrey that's courtesy of the Iowa Hawkeyes I pulled that right off of the uh, the YouTube feed uh, this next couple of pieces of audio I do want to uh, give credit to John Sears from WHO TV 13 here in Des Moines he posted these on Twitter uh, this first one is Luca Garza in the pregame just talking about what it means to him to be back there what it means to him to have this jersey retired and hanging in the rafters and what it means to him to have a full arena full of fans, which is something he didn't get his senior season, you know. I think um, I at least forget that from time to time, that it was just a year ago that there weren't fans there, and that in that great season Iowa had, and in that great run that Luca Garza had to Player of the Year, and, and all the accolades he ultimately received, uh, there weren't fans in the arena, or at least not many fans in the arena for a lot of those games. So so for uh, Luca to have a full arena to welcome him back to Iowa City and celebrate him uh, on a night like this was fantastic. Here is Luca Garza again, audio courtesy of John Sears and WHO TV 13 in Des Moines. It's going to mean everything. It's a it's, it's an incredible moment. I think you know, that number obviously means a lot to me and my family. You know, my dad wore that number. It's the reason I chose that number, and you know, I, I put everything I had into that jersey for four years. So uh, to see that go up in the rafters is something I, I'm never going to forget. You know, someone that you know took an opportunity that was given to him worked as hard as they could uh, to maximize it. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I, uh, you know, I'm not the most athletic guy. Um, you know, I wasn't, you know, very highly recruited. I was number 100 player in my class. And uh, when they ranked me, they spelled my name wrong. And, uh, you know, I was able to turn that into being, you know, the best player in the country and, and helping my team win at a very high level um, and be, you know, a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, with anything, you know, I want to be known as a guy who worked harder than anybody else. It's going to be unbelievable. You know, I, I, I definitely, it's a, it's such an amazing feeling when you play in front of those fans, and, and to not have that for a year is, uh, you know, 
something that that's gonna you know sting for a while. But you know, for me uh, to be able to see that tonight, it's, it's gonna mean the world to me. Um, and I had so many great experiences, so many sellout crowds we played in front of, so many big wins, and uh, you know, all of that support for me my entire career is uh, it's amazing. So. I'm so excited to to see that tonight. And then the last little bit of audio I want to play uh, is just a it's just fun to hear because you worried about Devin Marble's uh, thoughts about this program, about his relationship with uh, with Coach McCaffrey and the Iowa basketball program. That's that's a not just a legacy guy, you know himself. Not just a guy who who played really good years here was a great player for the Hawkeyes is a guy that we all really liked watching is a guy that represented Iowa really well but is the son of an all-time great and an all-time great who was the leading scorer in program history for a very long time who led Iowa to some really cool moments uh who I was a little too young to watch play but a lot of you probably consider him you know one of your favorite players of all time and on a night where he is properly uh celebrated as an Iowa all-time great to have Dev Marble back in town uh, and talking about his relationship with the Hawkeyes. Again, this audio courtesy of John Sears and WHO-TV 13 here in Des Moines. It means a lot. You know, it's something we always wanted to see happen. Uh, of course, would have wished he was still here to be able to enjoy it himself, you know, and stuff like that. But uh, everything happens in time, and uh, we're just thankful and appreciative uh, of the honor. I mean, for me, I never had no ill intent or nothing like that towards anybody or anything like that. Um, I just was wanted my uh, dad to get what I felt he deserved. That's all. Alright, so emptied my clip on the audio there. When we come back, we're going to look ahead to some uh, really cool opportunities for this Hawkeye team. Nineteen and eight are the Hawkeyes. Nine and seven in the Big Ten, and now you feel like that NCAA tournament is a lock. Uh, your next game is at Nebraska Friday night. You feel good about that game. You're home against Northwestern Monday night. You feel good about that game. You go to Michigan next Thursday. That's a game where Juwan Howard will not be coaching. It's not a you know I, I don't I think you feel okay about that game, and we'll see how Iowa looks against Nebraska and Northwestern. But if Iowa is playing the way they're playing right now, you feel pretty good about that game. Then the Illinois game, and that's the big one. And if Iowa finds a way to win these next three and is going into that Illinois game on a five-game winning streak with you know, maybe a double bye on the line, something like that, uh, that could be... That could be the kind of game that we've all been hoping Iowa and Illinois uh, start playing more and more often. You know, this rivalry has has gotten really fun and continues to be, um, but it'd be really cool if there was something on the line there on that game uh, Sunday, March 6th at Illinois. We'll get there when we get there, but when you look at the Big Ten standings now, Iowa at 9-7 and seven is, uh, is in sixth place. Same record as Michigan State, obviously got that tiebreaker with the big win tonight. You're one game behind Rutgers, who obviously has that tiebreaker over you. Thanks for that foul call. Um, you're a game and a half back of Ohio State, who, again, you have the tiebreaker over and you don't play again, so that will be the case. Um, three games behind Illinois and Wisconsin and uh, three and a half, I guess, back from Purdue. So you're not going to catch Purdue. You're probably not going to catch Wisconsin or Illinois, but Ohio State and Rutgers both have 10 wins in the Big Ten, and Iowa has nine. The top four teams get that double bye in the Big Ten tournament. All of a sudden, it's not crazy to think that Iowa can get there. I mean, if you just give Iowa the next two, that's 11-7. and seven. That's uh, wins over Nebraska and Northwestern. That, that puts you at 11-7. and seven. 
If you can get one of those next two, you're twelve and eight. Does Ohio State get to twelve and eight? Does Rutgers get to twelve and eight? I don't know. It's on the table, and it's not something I thought was going to be on the table at all. Brings into kind of the talk of, of Fran McCaffrey as coach of the year in the Big Ten. I mean, this is a team that lost the 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 nation's best player in Luca Garza. Lost an all-time great Hawkeye, certainly an all-time great Hawkeye shooter in Joe Wieskamp to the NBA. Lost Jack Nunji, who's like the piece this team is missing or has been missing, uh, who's playing great at Xavier right now to, to the transfer portal. You lost a three-point shooter and, and a guard who can score in C.J. Frederick to Kentucky and the transfer portal. And if, I, if Fran McCaffrey can take this team that nobody really had big expectations for, that I think we all kind of hoped would play itself to the bubble and you know, be in contention for a double bye in the Big Ten tournament, be in contention for 12 or 13 wins in, in the Big Ten, I think I think that's a that's probably a sure thing. Um, uh, one thing Fran has done, Matt Benson posted this on Twitter, tonight is Tim, Tom Izzo's 924th game as a head coach. He has now lost by 26 or more points in 10 Games 10 of 924, and Fran McCaffrey now becomes the first coach to beat him by 26 or more twice as the Hawkeyes won in the Breslin Center by 30 last February. That's incredible. What a cool stat. What a cool moment for this program. What a cool opportunity in front of this team. And buckle up, guys. This is going to be fun. I hope you're having fun. I know I sure as hell am. Friday night, Lincoln, Nebraska, let's put it back on the Huskers and Fred Hoiberg and get to that 10-win mark in the Big Ten, that 20-win mark as a, uh, for the season and uh, and push our way into March. One last thing I want to do before I go, I said I would get to, uh, I posted on Twitter, somebody needs to coin whatever the term is the opposite of the Fran fade as Iowa moves to 5-1 and one in February, uh, had a really good February a year ago. The Fran fade thing is a, a false narrative. It doesn't really exist. It's happened a couple of times, but those kind of things happen to a lot of teams. Um, but it, it's not it's not a thing that happens over and over. But let's go through some of the uh, the ideas that you guys had with the Fran fade or the opposite of the Fran fade now uh, here as the Hawkeyes seem to be peaking again in the month of February. Mike says the Fran fade isn't real, just an illustration of confirmation bias anyway. Yes, I agree. Um Fran freaking tastic says Mama Hawk. Love that. Jared says January, Franuary, March. Just change the name of the month. I like that. Francon level W says Jason. We need that. We need the Francon level W. Yes, especially when we've seen from what we've seen from some of these other Big Ten coaches. Uh, Fran is not a hothead. He's never uh, thrown a punch at an opposing coach on the court. Period. The Tom is a tumble, tumble, says Meenan. Uh, the Fran flex, that's also Meenan. The Fran flourish from Zach Woods. Phenomenal February from Cody. McCaffrey momentum. The white magic mo. The Fran flex February. Speaking of flex, I like that Keegan gave that flex after uh, muscling one up. You don't see a lot of emotion from the Murray twins, but it's fun when you do. The Fran fury, says Steve Heston. Scott Jones comes with the Fran finish. And Matt takes that and says the Franish, Fireball Fran, the Fran Force, Franuary, Frantastic, Fran Made. I love it, guys. Fantastic, Frantastic February. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy this for the next few days. Enjoy all the hype your Hawkeyes are going to get. They're playing well. They're peaking at the right time. I have a feeling we're going to have a fun February and March here as Hawkeye fans. Check it out at HawkeyeNation.com. It's covered from every angle. Uh, Rob Howe, John Bonacamp, Rick Brown, a lot of cool stuff going on at HawkeyeNation.com. And I appreciate you listening. Go Hawks!